pretty good, I think. It's not funny. It's just something that you inspired me. Okay. The people are eager to hear now. Yeah, okay. they're listening. <laughs> okay, so um, so I follow you on Twitter, Okay, obviously. And uh, I started, I remember mentioning to Greg, I was like, man, Jeff is a stickler when it comes to beer glasses and them being <laughs> dirty. Oh, like, yeah. Because you always tweet them. Yeah. And then it started making me more aware. Huh. Exactly. And then I got like this one glass. It was um, a raspberry frambois. Or I think that's what it Lindemans, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lindemans. Uh-huh. And uh, I got it up in Youngstown. And it showed up. And it was just caked in bubbles like all around. <laughs> and it was already like a $8, 10 beer or uh-huh. something like that. It was so disgusting, and I was just like, I can't drink this. I was like, just because I know all of the dirt that's there. <laughs> See, that's and why I do it. I just called the bartender. I was like, look, I'm sorry. I was like, this glass is disgustingly dirty, and I was showing her, and she's like, where? And I was like, you see Everywhere this collection? I was like, you can't. It's all those, all those bubbles literally caking this glass. Uh-huh. I was like, that's dirt. And she's like, do you want a new glass? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, I know it's not you, but you should tell your dishwasher, like, <laughs> you should wash this glass. And she gave me the second one. It wasn't as bad, mm-hmm. but it was still quite dirty. And then I found out later on that night that they just got busted for serving underage. And I was like, well, now they have dirty glasses and underage serving at this bar. I don't One of them is probably back. a bigger, <laughs> bigger <They're> problem. Fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the dirty glasses, of course. <laughs> bigger sin. But now everywhere I go, I just see bubbles, and I'm just like, ugh. Damn, That's, Jeff, you ruined everything I didn't for ruin me. You. I opened your eyes. You <laughs> <laughs> took the blue pill, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm back from my big Tucson trip. It was fun. I had a lot of uh, a lot of fun in Tucson, but I'm still kind of getting over just the travel. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's hard when you're this age to do that kind of. So you showed me a tweet that you had from someone you were teaching yeah was it like a one-on-one session or a group no session it was a group session. group session she went to a couple of my things and so she she tweeted like i, I got out of my second round table mm-hmm. and people were like hey you're famous I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> apparently that was one of the only people that was like especially thanked on the uh-huh. on the tweet stream so I was like, okay great Hopefully it shows up in your bonus <laughs> uh <laughs> I mean, no, no offense to anybody, but I'm I'm good at what I do. I'm 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 good at my job. They like me there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, someone actually taking the time to say thanks, Greg. Well, I'm, it's, so. that is, I mean, I'm happy that somebody did that. But I mean, I would have you know would have been happy with what I did anyway. Sure. So, I hear you. But good job, good job, buddy. You were saying we are the champions, my friend. He, he said to me over instant message this week. He's like, "See, all those hours of me talking at you about particle physics it taught me how to teach." Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. I, I definitely feel like me trying to teach you stuff. It's like, okay, so a great example is last week. I did a bunch of stuff that you probably don't remember, but I think that it will stick in your head, and I will probably bring it up again. Certain things about group theory. And unitary groups, and after four or five times, you're gonna get those, and you're gonna understand at least what I'm, the general stuff what I'm talking about. I don't expect you to, to grasp this stuff initially, but mm-hmm. if I keep talking about it and I keep sort of referencing it, then you start to get it. You start to grasp it, right? So, if it's interesting, if it's interesting, and I think it's definitely interesting stuff, but who knows? This is not bad. No, it's good. 
craft logger. Right, sure. We'll review it next week yeah. on the show. Um, upslope craft logger. So what's up, Nick? You're moving to Philly. I am. I am moving away. And is this for more schooling, or is this for actually getting paid for the work you do, or what are you moving for? I think you said before, but I don't remember. It's it's more or less getting paid for the work I do. Right. Well, it's Better. the end of schooling. Right? It's I mean, the end. Yeah. You were. He was. So I'll, I'll just um, interrupt here. You were going to stay till September because that was the when the lease was up. Yeah, originally. But um, then a bunch of shit happened, and we don't have to get into it. But. Yeah, the, the the apartment complex was. They they kind of dicked us over, and then I found an out in our clause, and I was just you know what, look, we're we're leaving instead, since we had an opportunity to out it. Why not yeah, leave cool. earlier? But yeah, heading over there, it was more opportunity. That's what uh, you're saying. There's more gigs. More yeah, I mean, it's a metropolis there, so much bigger city, much stronger network of musicians out that way. Already started making those connections, and it'll be easy for me to just jump in. Also, I'm going to be doing some teaching positions too, applying for a bunch of teaching stuff. And then the ultimate goal is to relocate a little bit furthermore into Jersey so that I'm about 30 outside of Philly, 30 outside of New York, because I might have opportunities to be studying inside New York City that aren't confirmed yet, but they're up in the air. So cool. With some really talented musicians out that way, which would be great. When is Philly Craft Beer Week? Uh, I don't know. I think they moved to April, May. Still, I'm just used saying. to be in February. You should keep out, keep a watch out for that because that's going to happen sometime soon. And I was going to say, if it's in May, that'd be great to go. I mean, because yeah. I'll be there. Yeah, I th- actually, I think it is. I think they moved it to May. The year that I went out there and did all that stuff it was mm-hmm. in February. Um, and they probably decided to take it out of such a cold month. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a better idea. It might have been early March, but I, I, it was definitely winter time when I was there. And there was a couple, you know, like long walks that I went on, and it's like, oh, this sucks. It is already windy enough there. So was, Fifty-three was, days left till. Oh so, yeah, so we got some time. Yeah. So that sounds like what the end of May. Something like that. Yeah. It's been a bunch of years since I've been out there. It used to, you know, it was really nice. I, I, I think beer weeks are probably on an ebb. Now you know it's kind of June, so it's it's uh, opening to opening uh, opening tap is on Thursday, June first. So around the same time as Saver, but we're not going to Saver either. So I know my heart's still repairing itself. <laughs> you can go to Saver if you can find a ticket. On I'm a musician. Post market. <laughs> <laughs> maybe did, you can. Maybe that? you could do a gig there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, DC's great for music scene too. Mm-hmm. You could do a uh, beer and jazz pairing. Uh, hey, it goes well together. Actually, I think Sam Caligiani's already done that. Yeah, <laughs> with Miles Davis. And we, I know he did something with like. Oh uh, yeah, the bitches brew. Yeah, that they but, did. But they yeah. did. I remember him doing a salon like about that. There was yeah. one in when we were in New York. There was one with uh, um. Louisiana, like Creole music, uh, remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you I, have... I, I know there's other people that that are into it. Is it not for me? Right, I... right. Remember when we went to that thing? It was like it was supposed to be beer and like oysters over by Voodoo Brewing. Yes, 
It was something like Beer and Brewster, like, festival or something oh, like right. that. The Oyster Fest under the bridge or whatever. Or right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, like, wasn't really that great of, like, a beer selection. Mm-hmm. And when we got there, there was no oysters left. And all we had was, like, this 18-year-old, overly loud punk band. Yes. Playing, playing Smash Mouth, I think. In our fucking ears. <laughs> and it was so goddamn aggravating that we left within one minute of arriving. <laughs> I think we went to Voodoo then. And then we just went to Voodoo yeah, instead. Yeah. That, that, and then we went to Brew Gentleman after that. Yeah, that, oh, okay, that yeah. Oyster Fest, it sounds like a good thing, but it's not. Like, like you guys, have, I've never experienced it, but, you know, I know, I know it's like Cash Bar, right? I mean, like, so there's breweries serving beers there, but, it, you know, it's you pay for each beer you drink, you know, and then the oysters are probably, you know, per... Oh, we did, I wasn't aware of that. I thought it was like a fest where they give you stuff. You know, I don't think it is. Ticket and you get... No, there was a bracelet that we did were debating on Did you buy admission? Or? Well, we, dis- we, we, we decided said, not to. We decided yeah. to. Remember, because there, there were people walking around with bracelets. And we were like, well, what's the price? And then but we decided. It was like $20 oh. for it. And then no, you got all or everything. Oh, okay. It was my. So like on the Craft Beer Week listing, it's right. It's like pay as you go is how it's listed. Not listed as a entry fee mm. for a festival, so I just always assumed it was a pay as you go. And then I started hearing it wasn't that great, so I never made it down to it. But it sounds like a great premise. <laughs> There's one in Baltimore. I'm sure Baltimore goes really to Hurt goes to every year. It's a uh, oyster and beer fest. And then, I mean, he's gone probably it, five or six times. I mean, if that's put together well, I can yeah. imagine it'd be great because <clears throat> I could eat oysters and drink beer all day. Yeah, but under a ghetto bridge in Homestead, it wasn't yeah. the greatest <laughs> yeah. thing in the world. I mean, that's a uh, I just lost my train of thought. Never mind. I just told Greg I've been very tired today, so it might happen a couple times. <clears throat> Let's see if I have any. Uh, we we talked right before we got on the show about Rick and Morty coming back, but Jeff hasn't seen the full episode, so we can wait to talk on that. Um, <coughs> Mystery Science Theater is coming back. They they're streaming the first episode for backers like me today, so I watched it. It was great because it was like, yep, it, this is Mr. This is exactly what Mystery Science Theater is. It's, I mm-hmm. mean, nothing. It's like being new episode of of, of the season, and nothing's changed. What so, was the movie? Uh, Reptilicus. Okay, sounds good. A, a Danish uh, kaiju movie. <laughs> it, like terrible. Uh, but great fodder for Mystery Science Theater. Fantastic Mystery Science Theater. Felicia's days on that. Now, yeah, right, she she yeah. plays the um, the evil scientist, the, the, the Doctor Forrester. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> oh, I remember now. Uh, it was about the, the craft, uh, the oyster thing. Uh-huh. Um, the last summer as well, Kenny Wood decided the amusement park in Pittsburgh decided to do that. Uh, did you see the craft beer day that they were doing? And they were calling uh, it craft about beer it day. Yeah, and. I wish I still had my Facebook account, but I don't feel like reactivating it to show you. Because they posted their list on there, and it was like Budweiser, Miller, Heineken, Red Stripe. like, And mm-hmm. they're announcing it as craft beer. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like tweeting at them while Facebooking at them and just like, you have great breweries around you. I refuse to come to this until you have Brew Gentleman, Dry Log, Grist House. I was like, and those are just your local breweries. That's not even talking about the ones that are outside of the city vicinity that are still in this area that would love to come do this. And they responded back to me and like, well, this is just part of our list. Wait till you see the second list. (laughs) Second list came around Corona and like other things like that. And I was like, there's not one. With Beer Fest, a lot of 
sorry, a, a lot of stuff that uh, comes around with beer fest is they ask a company to to give their beer for free or something like that. So a lot of the you know some yeah. of the bigger breweries I mean, are good, more willing to good just... beer fest will pay for the beer, but something like that probably is trying to get donations and uh, or you know also it just could be someone who's clueless. I got the impression that it was more of someone who was just kind of clueless, and they know that the craft beer thing's a big trend, and they're like, oh, well, if we do this, we'll get people there. I'm sure it did. I'm sure it got tons of people there as well. I mean, hell, bunch of beer, whatever. People were like, yeah, let's go to Kennywood and get fucked up. It'll be fun. I'm sure that was probably that a thing. doesn't sound like fun to me. Yeah. <laughs> Going to Kennywood sounds fr- like fun. I Getting fucked up sounds like fun. Going to Kennywood <laughs> to get fucked up doesn't sound like fun. I know friends where that's probably a good time. <laughs> I can see it being fun. Uh, there was an article, um, or actually a, uh, I guess it was an op-ed, <clears throat> where Jim Cook posted in the New York Times about uh, uh, craft beer. I don't know if you read it. I didn't read it. I saw it. It's on my reading list. Uh, and there were a bunch of people who are uh, kind of shitting on Jim Cook in the uh, in the Reddit uh, beer forums. It was like an obituary or something, wasn't it? Or... Well, so, <clears throat> this this guy, I forget... I don't know who exactly he is, but so he was responding to Six Point, who posted, you know, Six Point. We've had them before. Uh, posted uh, the article, and uh, so here's this. This is this guy says, um, "I'm so damn tired of people defending Jim Cook. They're mul- they're a publicly traded, multi billion dollar operation. There's no excuse for them not leaning and making better beer. Jim's got no one to blame but himself. For the last ten years or so, they've grown only on the strength of Twisted Tea, Angry Orchard." Now truly spiked and sparkling? Give me a break. They don't have a leg to stand complaining about other people selling out. You don't get to dictate to the consumer what matters. To call them a craft brewer is just as misleading. They should have owned lagers when they had the chance. Now every beer is some crap with flavor in it. Nothing has staying power. If the beer was good, how come none of these alchemy and science brands have taken off? Probably because their marketing is so off. But what about them helping other brewers ten years ago? What, by dumping hop contracts they were over on? Not impressed. What about them brewing the American Dream program? They have never helped any brewery that could ever be a threat to them. Their beer quality is bad. Why do you think they've had that huge buyback program? No shelf life. Until they're willing to invest in what matters, beer quality, they have only themselves to blame. (laughs) It's harsh, but I don't know anything about that that's wrong. I'm not familiar with the buyback and the... I mean, I know the help, the the hop contract things, but I didn't consider it in the way... Dumping mm-hmm. hop contracts they're over on, that's a <laughs> decent way to, to get rid of your hop contracts. And mm-hmm. uh, and the idea that they should have owned loggers when they had a chance is right. I mean, if they would have pushed on loggers, they might have... Yeah. I mean, we've given them some pretty positive feedback. For but, sure. Especially when they exploded the portfolio, doing lots of different things. But, I mean... I haven't been paying much attention to them lately. I mean, they keep sending us regular beers and mm-hmm. the portfolio is ever-changing, but how often are any of these beers Successes particularly or... noteworthy? And, right. And they're only... Well, that's it. They're only put out for an incremental bump for a short period of time, and then they go away. You know, none of them are... The only new flagship that they put out is Rebel. Right. Which comes after 15 years of Jim Cook shitting on IPAs. So it does feel like... You shit on IPAs, and then you bring out something that's just like a bunch of other IPAs that are out there. I mean, I like it, but it's there's nothing new or, you know... Well, there's like eight, eight varieties of Rebel now, so right. one of them's <laughs> got to be interesting. Probably the one with grapefruit in it. 
<laughs> um, yeah, they're they're really in, in a follow more than lead situation. Even their stuff that I really like. I mean, Grandmother Funk is fantastic, but uh, Cosmic Mother Funk, Cosmic Mother Funk. But they're not a that that's not the first beer of that type to come out. So, mm-hmm. um, they're definitely in a in a lead not follow or, or, or a follow not lead situation, and they for them to be complaining about other breweries selling out. It's a little hypocritical. I just saw in the news today that uh, BrewDog gave up a 30% stake yeah. in the company to a private equity. Saw that too. Hey. Make That's th- punk. This that is, is punk. Wait, hey, th- th- this is... I think that the writing is on the wall that you got to make your money now or because... It, Five years from now, you're not going to be making billions of dollars on breweries anymore. Probably. The You know, there's probably the... There's this trajectory that a lot of breweries are going to have, right? And they're going to have to find that time where they're peaking. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to... Like, Boston Beer is probably an example of that. They're much bigger than the average one. Yeah. But, you know, they are on the re-entry path. The, you know, they're just coming back down. And it's hard to see them... Gaining significant market share. Look at something like Microsoft, right? I mean, they had to go through a 10-year, 15-year lull, and they're never, you know, they're not going to get back to the tippy top of where they were. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I think Boston Beer's best strategy is to not try to be interesting to the hardcore craft beer drinkers, but to try to get more beer drinkers drinking Boston Lager. You know, I mean, yeah, go like they like said, own own the loggers. I think that's because yeah, there's unless you're going to really innovate, and it doesn't seem like they want to, not at least on their beer line. Then, yeah, it, it's a tough market for some. Like someone, you know, big breweries aren't cool breweries. You know, there's right. that. I mean, we try not to per- perpetrate that stigma, but you you see it all over the place anymore. You know, I don't drink Sierra Nevada anymore. I don't drink. You know, so it, it's a tough place to be in yeah that's another thing that, I, that was on this this thing was novelty plays a role here it boston lager has been around for 15 years now you go to a bar everyone has it you're not if you see something new you, you something new comes to town you finally get you know founders kbs or something and even if you know we are not big fans of it anymore but first time having like hey, this is amazing i finally get it and yeah mm-hmm. it's if it's on the tap for 10 years and people are gonna start looking at like well that's you know that's old hat and that's what they're looking at the uh, Sam Adams stuff as essentially old hat. Well, Nothing it is. It's, I mean, I you said, say, three, you really said 15, but it's closer to 30. But in terms of widespread availability. Yeah, I remember my first introduction to Sam Adams was Dave Chappelle. Oh. The Chappelle show. <laughs> that was my first introduction to Sam Samuel Jackson. Beer. Samuel Jackson. But, I mean, I can't remember. When I first started getting into craft beer, yeah, I drank Boston Lager a lot, but now I, I like, I can't remember the last time I actually just had a regular. We, we had it for Boston a pre-show, Lager. and it was we were really, we were like really it, happy with it. It was kind of my go-to when it was everywhere, and yeah. craft beer wasn't everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then once craft beer got to be all the places I generally go, it, I I hardly ever choose it. But when I do have one, I think it's a good beer. I, I mean, I like it more now than I ever have. I didn't like. That style of beer, you know, kind of a, a Vienna lager like that, you know, when we first started getting into beer, I thought it tastes like tinfoil. Right. But uh, now that I know how to taste it, 
I enjoy that beer. I do bit, too, but it, it just never. There's always, but like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, you know, it's a, it's an old standard, but it's not. There's nothing exciting about it. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a fallback. Yeah, I, mean, I order Sierra Nevada when yeah. I'm at like a place that doesn't have right. too much, and I see, oh, well, my choices are Boston Lager or Sierra Nevada, and I'm like, oh, I'll take a Sierra or 90 Minute Dogfish Head is another one that's uh, yeah. quite everywhere. That right I, or, or 60 Minute? Yeah, I never mm-hmm. jump for 60 Minute, but if that's the only thing that, that's crafty, and I don't want to get like a cocktail or something, I'll jump on that. Yeah, but yeah, not uh, <clears throat> not no no novelty there, so. I didn't know that they also they they had a role in making seasonals a thing, right? Making mm-hmm. people expect seasonals now, mm-hmm. and that's great. But why should we expect be just because there's a a past pattern of like hundred year old brewery and stuff like that? Why should we expect that that should be the pattern today? That that breweries are going to stay around for thirty years or forty years, and the same brands are going to be so exciting. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think that. Uh... In the craft space, it's going to be really hard for. I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I like New Belgium or Fat Tire in another twenty years. I mean, mm-hmm. they might that might be able to stick around because of sheer inertia. But you know, the rest of the, it's portfolio, on the same path. The rest of their portfolio isn't going to be what it was mm-hmm. ten years ago. Yeah, we need. We should expect the brewery should have lifespans. I understand that yes, that there, there's these things. That, there have been brands that have been around for forever, but that should be the that's the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Especially in a space that's bumping. People aren't used to established breweries closing, right? That's or falling into disrepair or re, you know, having to significantly downsize. And you know, the market hasn't been the way it is for long enough to see things like that and probably start to get there well i mean i mean well yeah speakeasy right that's mm-hmm. probably one of the Spe- biggest breweries speakeasy uh jim cook mentioned in this um op-ed that you know growth is down to single digits there's things are slowing down in this space because both because it's kind of reached a point and also because there's just there's a lot of been there's a lot of filling up of this space so mm-hmm. there's not a lot of room to maneuver um and other things are attacking it i mean I was telling Shane, Shane said he's never had a good cocktail. And I said, well, damn, I'm going to take you out and we're going to get you a good cocktail. Because you know, a few yeah. instead of beers, right? Yeah. I was just going to say, before you change something to it, is, you know, craft cocktails are taking up a big part of the uh, drinker's budget and time mm-hmm. compared to what they were. would have never foreseen the kind of explosion of my craft distilleries and craft cocktails right. 10 years ago that this happened, so... So he was talking about how he's, he got into whiskey, and I was like, "Well, have you, you know, I'm not a huge whiskey guy. Jeff is, you know, more than I am, but they've tried cocktails. Like I've never had a good cocktail. Then you've never looked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've gotten me into yeah some cocktails because my go to was always like old fashioned. Old fashioned's a good cocktail. Yeah, I like old fashioned. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like a mojito. Oh yeah, I think I just have more have more fun saying it than I. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, mojitos are. Fantastic! I don't know anyone can not to dislike a mojito. Yeah, no, everyone <laughs> not, likes a mojito. I'm not gonna poop on no mojito. <laughs> I mean, like, the only people I understand are people who are like, "Oh, I hate mint." It's like, all right, well, if you hate mint, you're not gonna like a mojito. Yeah, but <laughs> that's like the thin mint. Yeah, They're refreshing. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want a thin mint? Yeah. 
<laughs> Good old Seinfeld. That was a junior mint, right? Thin yeah, mints the, are, yeah, the junior yeah, mint. Yeah, yeah, sorry, junior mint. <clears throat> so you don't have to write in to us, anybody who's listening. So you asked me last <laughs> week, you know, what have I actually printed useful with my printer? Yes. And I was drawing a blank on, like, really useful things. I forgot about something that I did was really useful. Is So um, I don't think I have any pictures of it. At work, I, a couple years ago, using just iron steel pipe from the hardware store, I made a stand for my laptop to flip because I like having my screen closer but my hands keyboard further away so kind of my laptop's on this little thing floating above my desk on a arm right weird weird it's okay. weird to me i mean i don't know I, I i i'm so used to having it be far away that yeah no i like having well i i put on the native resolution i like having it like right here but i don't want to have my hands right way back here with you know sitting on books or whatever so i'm able to stretch out underneath so you like your, you like your your keyboard being further from you than your monitor or equidistant, but when you have a laptop, you got all that computer in front of the monitor. That's in the I'm way. like that with my desk. I bring my monitor like up to the edge, so then my my really? keyboard's like yeah. underneath my monitor. Yeah, yeah, see, I'm not the only weird one in the room today. Yeah, you both are weird. I, as hell. Well, so, mine's because so, I can't see. <laughs> so anyway, I made that. I made that with just generic parts, and I always wanted to do a monitor stand off to the side, same kind of way, but. The machining of the visa mount, and I didn't want to actually buy like a $50 visa mount or whatnot. I never got around to finishing it. Well, I designed a 3D printed visa mount that had a pipe flange so I could put it right on an iron pipe. So that was probably one of the most useful things there you that go. I made with it. So one thing. No, <laughs> I made other things. No, I mean a toothbrush drip trace. No, you, you, you made. I mean, look at this right here. You did this thing that this holder. Mm -hmm. He has th these things to hold. This is much better than tape. These plastic things to hold the, uh, yeah, the cords in. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely stuff you've made, but it, it is funny to me that it seems like half of the stuff, probably about half of what you've printed, has been make the printer better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> that should tail off at some point, mm -hmm. right? Right. Yeah. Uh, I did. Uh, As a long tail. This there. past week, <laughs> this pa well, you see the gold filaments in. Yeah. I was trying to do the coins again and trying to get really try to get the settings just right. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to dial it in. The last one I did is passable. Let's see. Uh, You're trying where to make is counterfeit coins. Um, no, we're trying to make a. I think it's on top of that box over. No, the box out over there. This should be against the wall. It has the filament inside it. The big plastic container. There should be the coin should be on top of that. I think that was the last set I did. So we, we have a challenge to listeners to send in a self-addressed stamped envelope. We'll send them something, and the whole idea is we're going to give them... We're trying to make some little, like... Challenge coin. Challenge coin. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, okay, I see. This is better than the last one. Yeah, that was my th fourth attempt, tweaking parameters, uh, temperature and uh, extrusion levels and stuff like that. Uh, it's still not great, but that that's a tough plastic to print with. Uh, actually, I printed, it's in the other room, I printed that T-Rex skull uh -huh. in, in gold. And I'm going to vapor bath it so it gets smooth and shiny. And uh, so for my desk, I work on this little T-Rex skull. Nice. It's I, I will say that I like the, uh, this is something that he built for me. He built a, oh, he built a fidgety thing for you? Yeah. Oh, that's, wow, that's actually really cool. A couple different ones. Uh, I found someone did the Indiana Jones fertility idol. <laughs> and I have gold filament, so I'm gonna print one of those. 
Fertility is that from the beginning? Two? The beginning. The, oh, oh, that okay. That idol, the idol. Give me the idol, Doctor Jones. Throw me the idol. I'll throw you the whip. Because <laughs> yes, um, you pinned me a Mr. Creepy butthole. <laughs> uh, I kind of now want a plumbus. Um, <laughs> everyone needs a plumbus. Yeah, I can do you a plumbus. I mean, like I said, it's going to be about <laughs> so that big and all one color. But <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not really interested in. You know, I can do the coloring or find somebody to do the coloring stuff. That's not right. That's not a problem. But uh, getting getting the actual material, you know, get into a plumbus shape, that takes time and effort. The other thing was was the possibility of building Rick's portal gun, which would be an engineering thing. I mean, we could print the shells out, mm-hmm. and then you have to do the electronics part. Right. Has that um, thing I got you been any help at all? I did use it once. Um, I was doing some soldering for a temperature sensor for the box there, so I could know what the temperature is inside the box. And uh, I couldn't tell if I had bridged two solder joints or not. So I'm like, hey, wait, they got this right here. Put it on and I was able to. Cool. I'm glad it works. Mm-hmm. I bought this, like one of those little pull down. It's not like a, what is it, like a it should magnifying? Be right behind, it's right behind you, I think, in that blue box. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, like... It's a magnifier. Yeah. It's a magnifier, but it's a head ring. Headband. Headband, thank you. Head ring? Head ring. <laughs> it's a headband <laughs> magnifier. It, uh, it, it's focal point. Ghostbusters 2. Probably about... Ghostbusters 2. Mm, probably about a foot in front of your face. Yeah. So you can work on stuff right here and get real yeah. fine fidelity. That, those things are great for model painting. It's mm-hmm. like my one buddy who's good at it. He has like a huge magnifying glass, and he just kind of like sits in front of them, and he gets like super finely detailed when he does it. It's, I, it's interesting when you work under magnification like that. How it takes you a few minutes for your motor skills to adjust, but they do rather quickly. I was doing some stuff at work under the microscope, um, solder. Uh, I think I was soldering under the microscope. Yeah, I ordered um, inside a suit inside a computer. You can have kind of like a little flash drive like a SATA or USB disk on module thing for booting servers mm-hmm. instead of having this hard drive have to be the, where the OS is and I bought the wrong one and it wouldn't fit in the server but it was fairly expensive so I bought the different SATA connector <laughs> and I had to solder the SATA connector on so I was working under the microscope and you know get used to it but you can pretty fine soldering underneath that microscope interesting they let you fuck with your servers under <laughs> soldering iron at work. It was what well, was the DOM module, mm. but it was a couple hundred dollar module, and I couldn't wasn't able to return it at the time. So I figured let's try putting the right connector on it, and it worked. <laughs> it worked fine. Yeah, awesome. We should probably go into the show. Sounds like a plan. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 